Welcome to Different From The Other Kids, a weekly talk show for parents with challenging children with host Angela Sunis, a parent whose teen was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Each episode, Angela will have a discussion with an individual or professional within the mental health community. Different from the other kids, season one, a production of Marketing Maven. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Different from the Other Kids, a podcast for parents with challenging children. I am here interviewing today my daughter, Christina. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Christina. This is my beautiful bipolar daughter, um, but she is not bipolar. She has bipolar. Let's make that distinction. She is a wonderful uh, human being. She is uh, right now uh, working full-time, which is uh, very exciting. She's working outside, which has been a fantastic thing for her. Light therapy, water therapy, long, hard physical work is what she's doing. She's cleaning and uh, detailing boats uh, in the area that we live and uh, is having a really great time doing it. Um, it has been difficult to get her to work in the last few months. So this is uh, this is a really it was a great opportunity for her, and uh, she's doing exceptionally well. Um, what else can I tell you about Christina? She's uh, when she's well, she's just a, a wonderful, uh, charismatic, charming uh, young woman. She's very enthusiastic. Uh, she's got a great sense of humor. She's smart as anything, and she's really fast at learning stuff, turning stuff around, and she's. Um, running her marathon here and, and I think doing a great job of trying to manage her symptoms all the time and uh, trying to do all the things that are necessary to uh, try and keep her stable. Um, I think Christina's absolutely meant for great things in life. And uh, without further ado, let's uh, have a conversation here about, I guess what we'll call perhaps your second episode of uh, bipolar, the worst of it anyway. There's a lot of little episodes that we could talk about, but two major ones. We talked um, already once about a uh, first episode that Christina had where she was hospitalized and diagnosed and her reaction to that, her, her story, her part of the story, and then mine. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, second episode now. Um, this takes a lot of courage and a lot of guts. And I take my hat off to you, Chrissy. This is uh, raw stuff to talk about. So um, just do your best. You're here for the parents. And uh, go ahead. Take it away. Hello. (laughs) I'm Christina. (laughs) So awkward. Um, Okay. So the last one we left off was was just giving you a little bit of background about how I was um, diagnosed and what kind of led up to the events leading up to that. After I left the hospital, I had great tools and uh, left with feeling really confident and had a great support system at home. I was set up with a psychiatrist, a counselor, seemed to be on a good set of meds, and I was really good. I had a really good relationship. I was still young, but I did. I was seeing someone, and he was absolutely amazing and very stable, so it was a stable relationship, which is exactly what I needed. And then about, we broke up, and uh, for about 18 months, I was solid. Um, absolutely solid. Things were going really well. I was stable. Of course, I had my bouts of a little bit of mania here and there, a little bit of, uh, some days were a little lower than others, but I didn't have a full-on episode in 18 months. I kept my triggers at bay. Um, So triggers can be anything from an argument with someone to, trying to think, what are some good triggers? 
Sorry, say it again. Triggers. Oh, it uh, can be lack, lack of sleep. It yeah. can be a difficult relationship. It can be a bully. It can be um, a situation in her life that she doesn't quite know how to deal with. It can be argument with somebody. It can be a, a life circumstance of some kind, even a world event. Yeah. Can trigger those. The triggers are endless. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's a long list of them. Um, so as a bipolar, you want to make sure that you avoid all your triggers with that, like at all possible. So I was doing really well with coping with those through therapy and counseling and everything. Um, they kind of taught me how to deal with them. So after the 18 months, um, I had broken up with the other boyfriend and uh, had just started school. Um, I was at Sheridan uh, for personal training. Absolutely loved it. It was really stressful. That was a huge trigger for me as well um, with school because I, I stress out really easily, get overwhelmed really easily. And I was taking an advanced course load to graduate faster. And so it was a lot of work, a lot, a lot of work. And there was a lot of new information in, this, in science, which I was not so good at. Uh, so getting the extra help and everything, it was it was a lot of work. I was also working part-time at Good Life uh, at the front desk while I was in school, hoping that I would get a job uh, right out of college. So I had met a new guy. Things had been going really, really well. Um, I really liked him, fell in love with him right away. I do believe to this day that he was my first love. And things were going really well. I was loving school. I had a job waiting for me at Good Life as a full-time personal trainer. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I could help people in all the ways all the ways that I wanted to. And uh, I had also lost about almost a hundred pounds going through just loving myself and eating well and exercise. And I can't stress enough how much exercise and nutrition affected my journey of uh, being so stable for so long. I can't say it enough. Exercise, 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 exercise. Absolutely. I noticed a day, a day, a difference in a day when I don't do something physical. So can't stress that enough. Definitely uh, get your children, uh, even walking, just going for walks, it, releasing the endorphins, huge, huge, huge deal. So after that, we'll fast forward a little bit. Um, things started getting a little rocky between my boyfriend and I. I started working full-time at Good Life. Um, it was a full-time job, which is my psychiatrist and my counselor and everyone were absolutely amazed that I was working full-time as uh, because I am bipolar. The hours. The hours. The hours were insane uh, as a personal trainer. You start at 6 a.m. and your last clients till 9 p.m. Um, it was it was stressful and sleep routine and everything was was whacked and the sales pressure and everything was it was a lot to take in. So I did start uh, my mood started fluctuating there. Uh, things weren't going well with the boyfriend. We had a really intense relationship. He started treating me crappy. How about that? And I took it. There was also a lot of things. There was a big difference between him and I of he wanted different things and I wanted different things out of the relationship. So it should have ended a lot earlier than it did. Uh, but just like I was saying about triggers, that is a huge trigger between the job being a trigger and my relationship being a trigger. Those are two huge, huge, huge things that influenced my next episode. Okay. So walk us through what that looks like. The disintegration that I don't, I'm hoping that you saw as clearly as I did with um, work specifically as that all unfolded. I started noticing that I, I started hating it. It was, it was hard to get out of bed in the morning. I wasn't enjoying it. I came home at night grumpy and sad. I was just low all the time. I had to constantly be calling my clients and canceling on them. Everything started falling apart around me. I used to love the gym. I stopped working out. Um, I was actually, I would say, obsessed with working out at one point. And I completely, just almost completely stopped. 
I started stopped loving the things that I was loving and everything kind of started disintegrating around that. How long did that take? That took, that's probably from, I worked there. I was a personal trainer for about seven months. Mm -hmm. I would say probably after three months, three, Mm -hmm. the first three months, I didn't have that many clients either at the beginning. It takes a while to accumulate them. So the, for the first three months, it was great. I was still doing well. Boyfriend problems were still kind of there, but work was great. So then once work kind of shifted, that was the huge trigger, I think. And then towards the end, I actually decided things were awful in my uh, love life and things were awful in the work life. So I actually decided to leave. I had no idea what I wanted to do, uh, but I knew it wasn't being a part of that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was the best move for me at the time. Um, I'm very lucky that I have my parents to help support me and I'm still living at home. So they're absolutely amazing. My mom just saw what it was doing to me. So she was all for it and said, you know what, you need a clean, fresh slate and this is not working for you. You're a mess. So I left. Um, I was a little better after that, not having to work the crazy hours and not have all that responsibility pushed on me too much. Unfortunately, there are going to be things that I can't deal with like normal people can deal with or at deal times. with as well. At times, there's a lot of times that I can I can handle anything, but there are times where it just it gets to be too much. So I left. And things started getting better. I started just working out a little bit more again. And then the end of the relationship with... Which one? What should we call him? Which don't don't use the name. I'm not but, um, which end? Talk about how many ends. There was a lot of difficult. ends. There was a lot of ends. Um, we broke up all the time. Um, I'll call him Matt. Deal. Um, we broke up all the time, and uh, it was constantly up and down. There would be times where he was just a partier. He was a lot older than me. Huge partier, kind of just. I needed to be stable and stay at home and have someone that was going to be there for me through everything. And instead of when he got mad at me, he'd go do something to get back at me. So we broke up a lot of times and every time it was the most devastating thing I have ever gone through it. Like from outside looking in, it may have looked like someone had died of how hysterical I got. Um, he was killing me, absolutely killing me. It wasn't even like I was sad. It was like, someone may as well kill me now because I can't deal with the pain. There was a night when he was out with his friends and drunk and I was trying to talk to him and he wasn't having any of it. We were broken up at this point and uh, he basically told me it was over and he couldn't deal with me anymore. And so my mom had already taken my medication away from me because of this had happened a couple of times. I, it was like two o'clock in the morning. I ran into her room. I grabbed another bottle of pills. And she ended up waking up and was so mad at me and had to take me back to the hospital. It was different this time because I knew the consequences, but I just couldn't handle the emotions anymore. I couldn't handle the emotions I was feeling. I was like, I can't, I need out. I can't feel this pain. This pain is too much. And I know a lot of people don't understand. I'm sure parents of bipolar kids don't understand that pain 
that overwhelming, sickening, awful pain that someone with a mental illness will feel. But I can tell you it is the worst thing in the world, and I really hope that you try to understand that for them. Um, because it's not a choice. It's not that you're you're consciously saying, oh, yes, I want to die. It's the fact that there is no other option other than to make this pain go away. So we went to the hospital. Um, the psychiatric nurse wasn't on, on duty three times. Is that what you say? Within 10 days. Within 10 days. You were there three times. This was the third time most severe time and a psychiatric nurse wasn't there so they were waiting for a doctor the doctor that was on call which was which which yeah um not gonna because it was a weekend it was a weekend um there's no there's no it was a saturday night yep there's no uh, psychiatrist or anything on staff so when he came in i had i was exhausted i had taken my medication earlier that night so the medication was kicking in i could barely stay awake but i do remember not wanting to ever feel like this again. And I told my mom, I didn't actually want to kill myself. It was more that I, it was a cry for help a hundred percent. But in that moment, even before I, I don't know if I would have taken the pills or not. I really don't think I would have, but I think honestly, I went in there to wake my mom up because I needed help. And sometimes it's the most dramatic, absolutely insane help cry for help that you could ever do, which is absolutely ridiculous. But at the time, there's nothing else you're thinking. I wish I could have just woken her up and been like, Mom, I need you instead of causing this huge scene and her dragging me to the hospital at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, but it needed to be done again because it completely revolted me into what What the hell are you doing? You're throwing away everything for what? For someone who treats you like shit. So after that, we went back. Um, the boyfriend and I did end up getting back together again after all that. Um, I'm happy to say now we are not together and I am free and 10 times stable. Oh my God. So stable now that I am not with him. And now that I have a job, um, where I'm working full time and it's outside, it's physical. Um, it's all the good therapies that they always say that you need. And so the last couple weeks I've only gotten out of this probably this is probably only the fifth sixth week that I've been better again that episode uh lasted a long time I found a really good balance of medication that I'm on should I share that with them sure you can. Yeah. um I'm on Latuda which is a new type of drug my psychiatrist it hasn't really been tested on uh <laughs> on people on uh, no it hasn't been tested on people <laughs> just not so anyone as young as I am and it's working absolutely amazingly. And Wellbutrin, um, which isn't an antipsychotic, but it's has an antidepressant properties, and it's a stimulant to kind of keep me high instead of not too high, <laughs> but um, high instead of low, because I am more low than uh, manic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Chrissy. I think it really helps if it is. Um, I jump in at this point, and mine will be brief, more brief probably than Christina's was uh, about this last episode what it is that she has experienced. It's about a year over the last 12 month period at times has been the most excruciating thing uh, to watch somebody go through. It's um, sobbing and crying to the point of it's like um, it's guttural. It's like an animal pain. It is, you would have absolutely thought uh, that somebody was uh, 
that somebody died right in front of her. And it was over and over and over. And it was every time to do with uh, the breakup over and over and over again uh, with this uh, individual. Let's start from the starting point so that you can get kind of my perspective. Um, what it is, I think, that is important for you to hear and to understand is that when people see Christina and she's well, they, I have comments constantly, oh my God, what an engaging, lovely, charming human being. She's uh, so engaged. She's so fantastic. When she was at Good Life, um, she sold like nobody else sold on the floor. Uh, she had people in droves coming to her for training. She was always optimistic, always positive, um, knew her stuff, was able to connect with people on a way that most people just can't. She's uh, old beyond her years, uh, probably partially from what she's experienced. But I think what people actually feel and see in her, um, and it's more a feel, is uh, empathy, that she actually understands people in a different way than other people can because she's been in the the dark depths of which uh, very few people know or, or can understand. So for you to meet her when she's well, you would never know. I have had so many people, uh, and there aren't that many, I guess, that know, but I would have to say every single one of them has told me that they, it's almost like they don't believe me um, if I have shared. Uh, I couldn't even imagine Christina like that. Oh, well, that doesn't sound right. Are you sure you got the diagnosis right? Um, you name it, uh, they've asked it because as I say, when she's on, she's a, she's a formidable, uh, force. She gets uh, offered jobs, opportunities come her way all the time. That's who she is. And that's not a manic state. Her actual regular everyday state is that guy. So I, I guess it's, it, I just want you to think about that as I go through what it is or what it disintegration process there is when it is that she's hitting an episode. Um, so when she got home from the initial uh, hospitalization uh, that she had, which is actually her only overnight hospitalization, which was the three weeks, she did bounce back and forth for about six months. I remember very clearly her being quite manic one particular night and saying that I needed to help her and all these things that I was supposed to do. And one of the things remember. we say she doesn't remember, there's a lot that she doesn't remember and there's a lot that I don't remember. So bear, bear, bear in mind that when we're talking to, uh, cut us some slack on it. But I remember very clearly looking at her and she wouldn't remember if she was truly manic is, is the issue. I remember looking at her and her behavior was going sideways a bit again, uh, despite the days that the medication would be working better. There were still some days that it wasn't fully in her system and wasn't working well. And I looked at her and I said, you've got a brother and a sister sitting here in this house. And I said, you've turned it completely upside down. I said, uh, this is not fair to them and it's not fair to me and I won't live like this. And I just very plainly said, do you like living here? And she kind of looked at me with this shock and awe and she, she said, what do you mean? And I said, do you like living here? I said, there are other options. I sound terrible in saying that. But there comes that point at which I think, as the parents, that you have to take some control back of an uncontrollable situation and make sure that the other person knows, mentally ill or not, that there is a responsibility that they have to the people that absolutely love and adore them around them to make sure that they take some responsibility in getting well. 
and that was what that attempt was. So I basically told her that there were some outpatient programs, uh, there were some residential treatment programs that I could be sending her to, but that I really didn't want to, that I was really hoping that she was going to start participating in her own rescue and and figuring out what it is that she needed to do to stabilize. And it was from there, actually, uh, with the help of our counselor, uh, that Christina started making some really great changes of which she's already talked about with, uh, of course, the medication, the counseling, the, the med check-in uh, with the psychiatrist, and then she started in with the fitness and nutrition, of which uh, Christina's already told her, and I'm going to tell you, wow, the fitness in and of itself is medicine. You have to look at it as medicine, and when they skip a day, you know they miss their medicine. You absolutely have to stick to a fitness regimen of can be anything. Walking. Many, many people with mental illness run. Um, weightlifting. Um, I don't care what Basketball. it is. Basketball. Uh, any kind of racket sport. Doesn't matter. They got to get out there and really move. And move sometimes for longer periods of time. There are people out there that half an hour will do it if they go hard enough. Other people... I have seen that deal with certain amounts of anxiety and things like that. Sometimes they go like two hours a day and it's just to, you go until you go until, of course you can't go too hard for too long. That means that you probably need to do something pharmaceutical because you will get injured and that's not cool either. So in any case, it was about 18 months that Christina was fantastic. Even back to herself, you would never have known uh, than anything uh, really had happened to change things for. Over that period of time, through fitness and exercise, she lost, she's saying it's closer to 100, certainly could be. Um, I, I, I've i got in my head, it was like 80, 85 pounds she had lost. Uh, she was in therapy, uh, doing the counseling, uh, and then um, decided to go to school. School was very difficult. School loved was, it. It was, she loved it. Um, she was there eight months, Chrissy. Mm -hmm. eight months and she did pretty darn well all the way through till the last probably six weeks of school so she we got her a tutor her dad and I got her a tutor who was amazing uh, she actually really helped with all of the overwhelm and the workload and and is an exceptional human being uh, Margaret is wonderful and uh, that was dealing with a person who bear in mind would call me because she couldn't sit still uh, there was only so much that she could listen to at different times she had to get up. Uh, she's always moving in her seat. I don't know whether that's... She, I don't remember her having...